Life is messy. Family is messy, friendships are messy, the house is messy. Most of the time my hair's messy too. And sometimes in the chaos of life, we can forget to take time to reflect on just how faithful God is. So whatever brand of crazy happens to be on your plate today, let's take a few moments to slow down, breathe deep, and let our weary hearts be reminded that He is good. Hey everyone, I'm Amanda McKim and welcome to a special Valentine's return episode of Messy Bun Manifesto. It has been just over a year since I recorded the last episode of the podcast and you guys, I have missed this so much. I cannot even begin to tell you how much I have missed doing this podcast. And I just wanted to take a few minutes and just fill you in on kind of what happened last year and where I disappeared to uh, just after Christmas. So in December last year, I was about four months pregnant and I had been so sick. My pregnancy was high risk and I was just super exhausted, completely wiped out because some news for you, being pregnant in your 20s and being pregnant in your 30s are not the same. And I was just so worn out. Uh, so essentially, in an effort to protect the pregnancy, um, because I'd, I'd had a miscarriage before that, and to just allow myself some time to breathe, I decided that uh, pressing pause on the podcast was probably the best thing for me and for my family at the time. But fast forward to Easter Sunday last year, we welcomed our third daughter, our little Emmy Drew, into the world. Uh, it was not super smooth sailing. I actually was readmitted to the hospital a couple of times with some uh, post-delivery complications. But we got through those rough days, and Emmy has been just a tremendous blessing. Her big sisters just love her so much, and she's a sweet, sweet, happy baby who somehow is almost 10 months old already. I'm not sure how that happened, but here we are. We're looking at um, getting close to a first birthday already. Um, so that's that's kind of what went down with me last year, why I kind of dropped off uh, off the face of the earth as far as the podcast world is concerned. And for the past several months now, I have really been feeling a desire and a prompting from the Lord to get the podcast going again. It's just been really tough to carve out the time, if I'm being perfectly honest. You guys know uh, that my husband and I are in ministry, and we now have three kids, and we're homeschooling, and there's just not a ton of quiet moments in our house uh, right now in this season that we're in. So it's just been kind of kind of hard to make the time. And honestly, if I'm if I'm being truthful about it, I've just been kind of ignoring um, the Lord's call to pick this back up and to get back into it. But I have decided that I have procrastinated enough, and it is time to come back to the podcast. So here we are today, and I am super excited about it. One thing that I promised myself in resuming this project was that I was not going to commit myself to a schedule. I just can't do it, um, like I said, with the season of life that we're in right now. So there's not going to be a new episode every week. Um, I do hope to do a couple a month, but we're just going to kind of keep things flexible and see how it plays out from here on out. As for today, though... Uh, I had the blessing at the very beginning of this month of speaking at a women's tea back at the church that I attended for over a decade in my teen and early adult years. 
it was such a, a great time, and I love being back there and seeing so many familiar faces and meeting some new people, and they had asked me to speak on the topic of love. So I figured since it's February, that's a great uh, return topic for us here on the podcast as well. So if you were at that event, you can feel free to turn this off now because we're going to kind of rehash what I shared there. But if not, I would love to share with you what God laid on my heart to share with them earlier this month. So our passage for, uh, for the women's event that, that I was able to share at was John 13, 34. And it says this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. This is a pretty well-known verse. I feel like most of us have heard this, but I want us to take a minute and stop and make sure we understand the context of when exactly this statement is made by Jesus. This is something that's happening in his last days, towards the end of his life and his ministry here on earth. Um, This is actually here at the Last Supper. Jesus has already washed his disciples' feet, and he has just dismissed Judas. He tells him, what you're going to do, do quickly, and Judas leaves. So while Judas is literally on his way to betray Jesus, this is what Jesus is communicating to his disciples. Now, obviously, everything that Jesus says in the Bible is important and vital to our, to our walk as believers in this world today. But when it comes to these type of things, these last things, these things that he focuses on and shares um, in his last days on earth and his last moments with his disciples— I feel like those things are a little extra heavy. They're, they're a little, they carry a little extra weight for me uh, as I'm looking at the things that, that Jesus tells us in his word. So when we're looking at this, he says, a new command I give to you, right? So what is the command exactly? Is it love one another? Well, yes, but not only that. It's love one another as I have loved you. We aren't commanded to love as the world loves. If you look around, you'll notice that the world loves when it's convenient. The world loves when it benefits them. The world loves when they feel like you have earned it. And the world loves when it costs them nothing. But loving like the world is not what Jesus commands here. This command is to love like Jesus loved. And I don't know about you, but for me, that definitely makes things a little bit more challenging. So what does it look like to love like Jesus in a fallen world? For me, when I was looking down and looking at it and preparing and studying, it kind of came down to two main categories for me, and that was love for the Father and love for people. So the first thing we're going to look at is love for the Father. Jesus demonstrates for us so many ways that we can show our love for the Father But I'm going to pick out just a couple of things that really stood out and spoke to me. And the first thing is worship. Guys, the voices of humanity were created for the express purpose of worshiping the Father. The Bible tells us that if we don't worship him, the rocks will cry out instead. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a music person, right? So I'd honestly kind of like to observe the rock choir, but I don't want to lose out on the privilege of worship to a bunch of rocks. We also see in the book of John, Jesus is having his encounter with the Samaritan woman, and he says, The time is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. 
God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And then in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Father desires our worship. He's surrounded by angel choirs in heaven, and yet he desires our worship. It is our way of pouring out our love and adoration to him. And God is so good to us that he's made it so that worship doesn't just benefit him. There is such a peace that floods our hearts when we worship our Heavenly Father. I once heard it said that it's hard to be anxious and thankful at the same time, and that has been really true in my life. When I pour out my worship to God, He is so faithful to bless me with peace and assurance in that moment. So no matter what our circumstances might be, I want us to make sure that we are keeping a heart of gratitude and adoration at the forefront of our days. The second way that I think Jesus demonstrates his love for the Father is through obedience. And guys, I think this may be the most profound way, at least for me, that Jesus demonstrated his love for the Father. Full and complete obedience from first breath until death on the cross. Now, we aren't Jesus, so sometimes obedience can be kind of hard for us. And I know for me, honestly, it's mostly because I don't love being told what to do. But if we are going to set our goal to love like Jesus, it has to include obedience to the Father. It just does. Is it easy? No. Do we always understand why? Also, no. I read a quote once by Lisa Turkers that said, My job is obedience. God's job is everything else. And it struck me so much and it stayed with me for years. Sometimes God asks us to do things that don't make sense. Oftentimes, my obedience doesn't look like someone else's obedience because we're not being asked to do the same thing. And sometimes we're asked to do something that we simply just don't want to do. But to show our love for the Father, we have to be able to let go of the questions and walk in obedience, trusting that it's His job to figure out everything else. So to love like Jesus, we have to model His example in showing love for the Father And then obviously the other thing that we have to do is love one another. So how do we love people like Jesus? Well, I think one of the first practical ways is through encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Ephesians 4.29 says, No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. You know, we find a lot of warnings about our speech in the Bible. Um, I mean, essentially, just look at the whole book of James. Um, And specifically in the book of James, it calls the tongue a restless evil full of deadly poison. I think we can all testify to a time when someone's careless or hurtful words have been destructive in our lives. I know I can, and I'm sure every single one of you can testify to that as well. But in addition to the warnings that we find in the Bible, God's word also gives us some direction for our words. One of those directions is worship, which we've already covered. And one of the others is building up and encouraging the people around us. In order for us to show love to the people around us, we have to commit ourselves to purposeful encouragement. Jesus built up the people that he came in contact with. 
I think about the woman who had the issue of blood. She came and she touched his robe and he turns to her and he says, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. This is a woman who has been considered unclean and sinful for a decade, more than a decade. Um, You know, back in in the biblical times, if you had a physical ailment like this, people believed that you were being punished by God for some sort of sin. So this woman has, I mean, it's been a tough decade plus, right, to be considered unclean and sinful. But in this moment, Jesus calls her daughter and he praises her faith. I think that is a moment of edification for her. What about Zacchaeus, right? He's just a a white-collar criminal. He's a thief. People don't like him. He's up in a tree trying to see Jesus, and Jesus says, Hey, Zacchaeus, I want to spend some time with you. And this encounter, this moment of of building up in Zacchaeus' life, it changes everything. It changes the whole trajectory of his life. Another person I think about is Matthew, the tax collector. Again, um, considered a traitor, despised by his own people. But Jesus seeks him out and he calls Matthew to follow him as a disciple. And when people push back against it, Jesus says, hey, this is why I'm here. This is who I came for. I came to call the sinners to myself. Jesus built up the people around him. And in order to practically show love to the people around us, we need to be committed to doing the same. You know what? It doesn't always come naturally to be an encourager, but it like logistically is not hard in the world we live in because we have these things called cell phones with capabilities like text messaging. And we can take out our phone and it takes five seconds to send somebody a text to just say, hey, I was thinking about you and I want you to know that I appreciate you. Or, hey, I saw you doing something, serving someone, ministering to someone in some way. And and that was really encouraging to me. Um, It can be as simple as a smile and a hug when you run into someone in Walmart. Maybe just show up and support someone when they're doing something important. Encouragement, though it doesn't always come naturally, logistically, it's not that hard. Words of encouragement and uplifting actions can be life-giving to people. And we can pour out love to the people around us by purposing to be encouragers. The next practical way that I think we can put our love into action in this world is through serving. Jesus's entire life was service. I mean, he lived a transient life. He went from town to town, um, healing, teaching, performing miracles. And then we have other instances of Jesus serving, like the one that, that has happened in the context of our verse where he's just washed his disciples' feet. Serving can sometimes be really fun. Uh, I know if you've been like on a mission trip, it can be a great time. Or if you've had an opportunity to, um, you know, work in the kitchen somewhere, if you enjoy that, you know, serving people food. Or I lead worship at my church. I love it. It brings me a lot of joy. There are a lot of times that serving is really fun. But the truth is that if we are going to purpose to serve, it's not always going to be fun. Sometimes we are going to be asked to serve people who are unkind. Sometimes we are going to be asked to serve people who are ungrateful. Sometimes we are going to be asked to sacrifice time we don't feel like we have. Sometimes we're going to be asked to sacrifice money. Always we are going to be asked to sacrifice energy and effort. But serving someone is a small way that we can show them that they are valued. Our sacrifice, be it 
ever so small, shows people that they have value to us. And then hopefully that opens the door for God to refresh their heart with the reality that they are valued by him. The third practical way that I think we can love like Jesus is by being people who are committed to grace and forgiveness. The reality of this world is that in all likelihood, every single person that you have any sort of relationship with will at some point do something to hurt you. It's a positive outlook, right? No. Now, are they all going to be big hurts? Of course not. Sometimes it's just little things that kind of rub you the wrong way a little bit. But sometimes they are big hurts. Sometimes it's a big deal and it's something that you carry with you. But one thing that I've come to realize is that the vast majority of hurts that we experience at the hands of others are completely unintentional. Now, yes, there are some people in this world who intend to hurt. It's unfortunate. But often it's careless words or uncharacteristic reactions on a bad day that lead to emotional hurt. And also, the way that people's words and actions affect us is often the result of our life circumstances at the moment. People around us can say and do things that are completely innocent, absolutely not ill-intentioned, but because I'm struggling with something or I'm vulnerable in a moment, it causes a hurt for me. I, I kind of perceive things that they didn't intend. All of that to say, if we are going to be people who love like Jesus in a fallen world, we have to be eager to give grace and forgiveness. We have to intentionally put away a critical spirit. Someone once told me in relation to having a critical spirit that if you're looking for a blue car, you're going to see a blue car. Meaning that if you're looking for a reason to be hurt and offended, this world is going to give you plenty of opportunities. But instead of viewing people through a lens of criticism and looking for opportunities to be offended, we need to instead look for opportunities to offer grace. And that means assuming the best of the people around us, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. So if I feel slighted or hurt in a minor way, I just assume that that person did not intend for that to be the case because more than likely they didn't. I assume the best of them. And if I feel slighted or hurt in a larger way, I just go straight to the person and iron it out with a heart towards restoration. And that's so important. We can't go into it looking to be proved right. We have to go into it looking for an opportunity to pour out grace and forgiveness because God has been so faithful to pour out grace and forgiveness towards us. A verse that I've really come to um, to cherish as I've gotten older is 1 Peter 4, 8, and it says this, Above all, maintain an intense love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. When we are eager to give grace and forgiveness, it makes people feel so loved right where they're at. We understand that we are flawed. We understand that we are imperfect. We understand that we have shortcomings. And when we are eager to give that grace and forgiveness, man, it reminds people that we love them even in that place. And that gives them just a small illustration of the love that is given to them by a God who gave everything to be reconciled to them, even knowing every single sin, every single failure. 
I am a firm believer that if we go through life without a spirit of forgiveness, it impairs our ability to love well at all. And why do I say that? Because unforgiveness leads to bitterness and bitterness leads to a hardened heart. And a hardened heart has a really hard time loving people and honestly, a really hard time loving the father as well. So if we pull back and we look at this, we might say, okay, encouraging, serving, and forgiving some people is super easy. But when it comes to the people who don't reciprocate those actions back to us, it gets really, really tough. And I would respond with this. What if that is exactly the point? You see, if we go back to our passage in John 13 and and we look at the next verse, we read it together with the verse that we read at the beginning, this is what we get. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We started this whole thing out by talking about how the world loves That the world loves when it's convenient, when it's earned, when it benefits them, when it costs them nothing. But loving like Jesus is completely countercultural. It's difficult. It's different. It sets us apart and not for our own glory, but for his. Why is that even important? Because as Christians, we love with eternity in mind. Will our love always be reciprocated? No. Will it tax us emotionally? Probably. Are people going to take advantage of our forgiveness? Maybe. Will people be ungrateful for our service? You know what? That's likely. But it doesn't matter because we love people for one purpose. And that is by this, that they would know that we are his disciples. The way we love the people around us, be it Christians or the people we encounter in the world, is what is going to point them to Jesus. It's not going to be because we argued with them on Facebook. It's not going to be because we wowed them with all of our social media content. It's not going to be because of our political allegiances. It's going to be because we sincerely and sacrificially loved The way we love in this fallen world is our single most effective tool in pointing people to the love, grace, and forgiveness of the Heavenly Father. God commands it, Jesus modeled it, and it is our job to obey it, to love a fallen world with eternity in mind. Guys, thank you so much for rejoining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be back at this um, and to, to be working on some new episodes for you guys. I have a really good idea of where the Lord is leading for the next several episodes of the podcast, uh, but I'm not going to say it's going to be a surprise. So hopefully we'll have a new episode coming to you in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited and I just can't wait. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>